Welcome to Mall Talk. I'm Emily Fay. I'm Paige Weldon. Let's talk about the mall. Um, we're very excited. We have a great guest today. Dave Schilling is here. Hey guys. Hi, I do think I'm a great guest, actually. <laughs> I'm glad this, that you said it and I didn't have to. I mean, you would have said it otherwise, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm great guest. Howdy. Dave Schilling. Enjoy laughing a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Dave? Are you are you happy to be talking with us about the mall today? Yes, absolutely. I'm happy to be talking, which is a joke that it's... I used before we started recording. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to use it again. Um, it worked for me both times. I yeah, that was, a, it was a dry again. run, yes. which I actually do with all my jokes. I say the joke to my friend, and then if they laugh, I say it a second time. That's, that's the best part about being in a relationship is being able to test out your material. Mm-hmm, I think so. You know what I think one of the cruelest things somebody you're dating can say to you is? Ooh, I like that we're diving right into this kind of a, a, a discussion. <laughs> is when they're like... Are you testing out a bit on me right mm. now? Oh. And it's like, mm. you know what? Yes, just play along. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah, be, Are be you a fucking audience. kidding me? This is what we do. Yeah, like, come on. yes. <laughs> well, Emily, um, I'm sorry that that's happened. And <laughs> yeah, it feels like maybe your relationships are problematic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. I mean, uh, Dave, if at any point you you during the podcast are trying out a bit, we promise not to call it out. Um, completely open to that. This is a comedy podcast, so it's okay. fully okay. This is a safe space Do, for you, me. That's good. Yes. Right. Do you by any chance remember pre pre pandemic a time you went to the mall the last time? Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, I think it must have been. Actually, I did go to a Uniqlo mm. after, um, I think, things had started closing. I think yeah. restaurants and bars had closed, but stores were still open. There was sort of like a weird gray area period where mm-hmm. it was like, no restaurants, no entertainment, no sports, but you can go to the mall. So I went mm-hmm. to the Uniqlo downtown, and I bought, oh. I think I bought a jacket or a sweater or something. Something I didn't need. I was just kind the, of the, stress buying. The, the fig at seventh? Exactly. Yes. Location? Yes. yes. Or isn't there like, isn't it like in a different one that's like next to fig and seventh? It's called. Oh, it's like across oh, yeah, the no, street. Sorry, right. It's in the block. I was picturing the, the H block, which is where the, the Alma Draft House is. Right. Um, we haven't been there. Neither of us have been there. I have not. Oh, I, I loved it. I was I had the Alamo Draft House like season pass. So we would oh. my girlfriend and I would go to the movies all the time. Probably like once a week at least. Yeah. Um and I really enjoyed it. The parking was relatively cheap. I miss that place so much. I think that might be my number one place that I miss in LA is the block. Because wow. they had a, they had the best movie theater in, in the city. Yeah. I never got a chance to go because I had I had stubs. Oh, I was a stubs guy. I have both. <laughs> or I had both. Wow. I know. Well, you can't cancel stubs. I was what? going to. You can't. It. They make it very <gasps> difficult. What they. I didn't know you, that. You can't just send an email or hit a button. You have to send an email, and then they give you a phone number, and then you call the phone <laughs> number, and then you talk to a person, and you say, "I would like to cancel," and they would be like. Well, why did you why why do you want to cancel? Don't you like the mm, movies? Wow, I didn't know that because I myself never did try to cancel stuff. <laughs> I think it's as so, I said, I was a Stubbs gal, so I think they were trying to to charge people again, like mm-hmm. in that oh, period really? when we thought you could go to the movies again. Oof. 
that they decided we're going to start charging people. And then I tried to cancel that time, and then it was still complicated. It should be easier now because there are this, no movies, yeah. but... This is, yeah. this is like gym levels of complicated <laughs> to cancel I, like yeah where they're like well you have to find the magical scepter <laughs> and then you have to put the scepter in a special hole in a cave and then you must answer these riddles three yeah yeah, yeah there are definitely riddles involved in in canceling your amc membership it's no good. um was the block kind of your go-to is it's a mall right i I guess now we're sort of in a period where malls are indoor-outdoor hybrid uh, destinations Mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily what we think of as a mall. Like, I think people of our generation or younger, I know I'm probably older than than at least one of you. Um, I'm 63. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so work off that. When I was in high school, which was late 90s, uh, early 2000s, the mall was still this kind of plastic, very artificial, hermetically sealed environment with air conditioning and pretzels and stuff. But when I moved to L.A., that was when I discovered stuff like The Grove and outdoor malls and outdoor shopping. And uh, the, the Block is not a mall in the sense that I think of a mall. But it is a shopping destination, so would we not call that a mall? Would we not call The Grove a mall or The Americana the mall? or any number of things that are a high-density concentration of stores. That's a mall today. Yeah. Um, but I guess my mall, my go-to mall, for most of my time in L.A. was the Beverly Center. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. So when I first moved here, I lived very close to the Beverly Center. And it was kind of like, I guess, downtown for me because I didn't have a car. I could walk yeah. five <laughs> blocks from my apartment to the Beverly Center and do stuff and see people. So I would see movies in the movie theater that was there. I would uh, snicker at the Lamborghini store and uh, go to Baja Fresh across the street. And that was my weekend because I didn't have yeah. any friends. Um, so I, I think, yeah, for the most part, that was that was my spot. And they got rid of the movie theater in the Beverly Center, correct? Yeah. And they did that huge remodel, I guess, last year. So now it's more yeah, they, outside they got rid of the pf chang's mm-hmm. they 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 made it even more like a spaceship with no clear entry exactly how do you feel about the beverly center me personally now, now? yeah oh, i hate the the remodel i can't stand it okay it's attempting to be a hybrid of an outdoor mall and a traditional indoor mall and it doesn't do either one very well yeah, because there's a Beverly connection across the street, right. which has sort of like, it's like, it's like if it's like kind of an outdoor mall because you have to be outdoors, but only in that sense. It doesn't have the like fun, like outdoor fountain or anything like the Grove. Has. Yeah, no, it's just, very bare bones. It's kind yeah. of like a strip mall. Yeah, but in a different shape. Yes. Yeah, we don't like the Beverly Center. We, we find it stressful. We're, we're against overall. It's uh, not fun. Yeah. I, I guess I found it fun because it seemed like a, a meeting place for a lot of different people. I, yeah. I guess if you remember, um, if you watched Star Trek Deep Space Nine, they had uh, the promenade, which was a big set. It was a multi-level set that was basically a mall inside the space station on Star Trek. 
And I always thought of the Beverly Center being like that, where like Klingons would yeah. show up, but it's actually just women with horrible plastic surgery. Um, <laughs> and that was where I learned about LA culture, I think, when I first moved yeah. here. Was oh, this is that what it's like. Sense. This is this is the the experience of being in LA is this in a nutshell. Yeah. And the microcosm of the city is right there. Yeah. That is I found it fun when I was a teenager and they had like the only H&M. Mm. And as <laughs> I've talked about before, the teen, the weird teen Russian heiress brand that overexpanded too quickly. <laughs> um, <laughs> they had that too. And they had a Sbarro. Mm. So I think that's all I needed for fun. Yeah. I also think you do always, there's always like a special place in your heart for like, those places that you found comfort in when you first moved to LA, you're like, that will always, that's like why we often talk about like, it wasn't when I first moved to LA, but there was a stretch of time where I just spent a lot of time at the Burbank town center, which is not necessarily a good mall, (laughs) but I love it because I've spent (laughs) so much time there. You know, I just have an affection for it, which it sounds like you do with the Beverly Center. I think so. Yeah, I, it's it's irrational because it is a hellish place. The last time I went <laughs> was holiday season. I took my son because it was raining last, I guess, November or something. And usually I'll take him for walks and take him to the park or something. But you can't. You, there's no indoor place to go with a kid um, unless you have like a a membership to one of those kind of jimboree places. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't anything like that at the time. I guess it was two years ago, not last year. And we went and I was just pushing him around, just trying to find something to do in the Beverly Center. And now they've got like Christmas, like not Christmas lights, but like little, like they look like stars in the elevator. Um, so it Yeah, has, the elevators are cool now. Yes, I don't like that. I don't like that it's cool. Uh, trying to be cool. <laughs> I don't need it to be cool. There's Just nothing. be an elevator. It's yeah. Like, functionality is all I care about at 35 years old. It's like, does it work? The elevators are like an infinity mirror room. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's the Kusama infinity room, but at the Beverly Center. It sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. Functionality. Um, things that are utilitarian. That's all I care about. Does it work? Right. You That's, want a brutalist mall. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I want a, I want a, a mall that's sort of Bauhausy, I guess, or like <laughs> you know, it's, it's Soviet, like a Soviet mall. Whatever the Beverly Center would be like in Lindengrad. Yeah. Do you like um? Do you like the Glendale Galleria? Um. No, I don't. I don't think so. I th- I think that there is a level of sadness. That it hits that makes it it, it difficult, impenetrable to really be affectionate about. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt that way about the West Side Pavilion when that was still a mall. Dearly departed, rest in peace. Did you ever know it in its glory years, though, or just when it was already like half half empty? I want to say that the first time I went must have been 2007. I think summer 2007. Okay. I think that was still, I think it was still doing okay. Cause that was a year that I moved here and I saw Blade Runner. Um, Cause they re-released Blade Runner and then some sort of new director's cut. And I saw mm-hmm. it at the, the landmark 
So that was the first time Which I went. Which is still there. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, ostensibly. In a it's, sense. It's, still there. it's it, Yeah. In the way that we're all still here. Yes. <laughs> Just a decaying husk sitting in a chair. Yeah. That's, that's it's like true. Um, Change my signage. I'm, I'm decaying. <laughs> that's my status on MySpace. Decaying. Um, it's true. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was still pretty popping, as they say. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was still Urban Home and all kinds of stuff. They hadn't yet opened the post office in the Westside Pavilion. You know a mall is falling apart when a post (laughs) office, a a satellite location of a university, and (laughs) uh, an army recruiter open. That's your mall. This is why I always say I don't like... um the Sherman Oaks Galleria oh. because it's just an arc light and a night school and <laughs> and like sort of nearby there's a furniture store and a Buffalo Wild Wings but it's it's really a rough well, that's- that's a whole day in my book. <laughs> yeah, you know, you could enrich your life, see a film, go learn something, yeah. and take and home a piece of furniture. Yeah. There's no shame in taking a couple extension courses to keep your, your mind sharp. Um, no, but it's it's not it's not the the thing I find comforting when I walk through a mall right. is to see <laughs> see people trying to better their lives. <laughs> I want to see people ruining their lives. It's like if you put um, a yoga studio in the middle of a casino. Like it doesn't. That's not why I'm here, guys. No. Yeah. No. It's just. It's yeah. It's it's out of place yeah. for sure. Okay. So. Um, you talked about the. Also, you said that your mall growing up was in Merced, California. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How was that mall? Well, it was just like being in Merced. It was terrible. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize you were um, from California. Oh, where did you think I was from? Maybe the East Coast for some reason. I get this all the time. <laughs> Dave, you're from New York. I don't York, know right? why. This is this is only mildly bragging, but I I, uh, I think we've both made that brag on the podcast before as well. But people don't think we're from here. That's too bad because California is the best. I, I mean, for yeah. me, it's never. People always think I'm from the Midwest. It is very much not a brag <laughs> when I talk about people not thinking I'm from LA. Yeah, um, yeah. People always ask me, "Are you from New York?" Uh, I did a. I was interviewed for a story in the Wall Street Journal about men's fashion a couple of weeks ago. And okay, that's this, this was, that's a brag. This was the brag. <laughs> this was the brag I was alluding to, and the reporter was like. Uh, uh, did you ever live in New York? It's like, no. Why do you think that? It's, I, I think there are some people who can't accept that a certain type of person never lived in New York. Yeah. <laughs> I am, they need to affirm what they think about what living in New York does for you or something. Right. Yeah. I have no interest in it. I don't like it there. Uh, <laughs> I lived in Connecticut when I lived on the East Coast, and I hated that, too. Uh the only thing that's good about New York is that's where I met my girlfriend. Other than that, it's terrible. It's a horrible place. It smells <laughs> mm-hmm. bad. They don't have malls. Not real malls. They don't. True. They, they really don't. don't. Yeah, you got to go to New Jersey. Everyone <sighs> who lives in New York and has for a long time, they're like, oh, yeah, I don't think I've maybe been to a mall in like six years. Mm-mm. And it's like, oh, no. That's lame. <laughs> no wonder you're so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but to answer, let me go back to your question because I, I don't want to totally go past this question. Uh, 
I grew up in Merced. It is not New York. It is not anything like New York. <laughs> no. It is, it is cows. It is basically the Midwest. I am essentially from the Midwest of California. And yeah. the, the Merced Mall was sad. It wasn't fun or exciting. I don't even think the kids that I hung out with ever went to the mall for the purposes wow. of socializing because it was so sad. We had, there was one anchor um, restaurant. It was called Sweet River. And it was sort of like, um, kind of a, like a, almost an Applebee's, but it was, oh, it was okay. like a local, local chain. And then we had a Mervyn's, we had a Sears, we had a JCPenney. Those were the three anchor retail tenants. And then there was just a bunch of stores that were kind of lame. I remember we got an anchor blue and people were excited about that. We had a Delia's, I believe. Um, That's pretty exciting. That's exciting. The most popular store in the Merced Mall was probably Work World, which was like just Dickies. <laughs> and Ben <laughs> Davis stuff. Because we have a heavy Latino population and a lot of people also who do um, blue collar work. So actual workwear was important for people who were farmers, people who were uh, construction workers, delivery people, like people who did real, like actual labor. Uh, there wasn't really a lot of fashion. So what people did, the people who had money, and I ended up sort of being, I was, <laughs> I went back home after, um, after I got divorced. I was like, I'm going to go home and stay with my mom for like two weeks. And then I saw a friend of mine from high school and we went out for a drink at a bar in Merced. And she said, I never liked you. I didn't actually like you because you were such a preppy. And I was like, <sighs> Wait, but was she was your friend? Yes. Well, we had known each other for a long time. It's a small town. So you would go to the same school with the same people from kindergarten through high school. So we'd yeah. known each other. And then I started hanging out with, with the rich kids and the preppies, even though we were very much not rich in my family. So all those kids would go to Modesto or Fresno to buy their clothes. Because Modesto mm. had a mall with an Abercrombie. Fresno had a mm. J. Crew. Fresno had uh, Eddie Bauer and all those kinds of like preppy brands that people wanted that we, you just couldn't get in Merced. So the mall yeah. in my town was kind of sad. I remember going to the movie theater. I remember going to the hometown buffet, which before it was a hometown buffet, it was a Chuck E. Cheese. That's mm. what I remember about Two things that are never going to exist again. Right. What, what I what I love about this description of the Merced Mall is I I had earlier today I visited the website of Merced Mall yeah. and it says on top Merced Mall we've got it all and <laughs> not <laughs> that's true. certainly not ringing true as we're talking today. No. I, <laughs> I, I mean, a, a Mervin's is pretty good. I mean, they're not around anymore. A, but did I you're mean, Mervin's now. Okay, okay, Coles is well, pretty good. I mean, um, is Mervin's Coles is a is a common <laughs> refrain on the podcast uh, because uh, all the all Mervin's the, became yeah. Coles. Yeah, and people have frequently, according to Google, have searched "is Mervin's Coles" is what we've learned, <laughs> and the answer is complicated really. in the end it's a complicated answer as <laughs> is everything in this life ultimately um, yeah did real. your mervins ever get rebranded to mervins of california i don't think so if it did it would have been after I, I moved out okay when yeah. we had emily heller on and she did mervins and we found that there was an era where they tried to rebrand to Mervyn's of California with this like beach babe font. I think and it was this. just 
Mervyn's California. Are I you think sure? It was, was like, it? They just added the word California, like <laughs> sort of in that. front of the text that said Mervyn's, but in like a morph, like as if it were just signed California, yeah. you know, like they were trying to, to play into that. They were become, trying to like rebrand as just like cool, hot beach. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're we like Hollister, it. you know, like <laughs> with back, but with more back to school clothes, you know, for some reason, Mervyn's of California makes me think of Tom of Finland as opposed to anything like <laughs> yeah. beachy. It's like, I think of two leather daddies embracing as opposed to anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess like Hollister and the, you know how in, in LA there are things that are called like Beverly Hills tailoring or like, tuxedos of brentwood and it's like you, uh-huh. but you're in koreatown <laughs> how can you yeah. call it that <laughs> yeah it's just it's yeah it's it's supposed to make you feel a certain way versus actually being anything that matters i feel like the thing about like work world with having like a lot of dickies and stuff it sounds like work world would be like a hot cool store now yes i, yeah. I would have to <laughs> like, say that like work world is probably pretty popular now not that it wasn't it, before, but I think even more. For yeah, with like a different a different generation. Yeah. That is such a funny trend right now, like with all the like jumpsuits and the big baggy work pants and stuff. It's just like anyone who wears the, that stuff for work has to just laugh every <laughs> yeah. time they see a teen. And I mean literally though like Dickies specifically like Madewell did a collaboration with Dickies and it's like what (laughs) it's very odd I mean I I definitely had a Dickies phase when I was having my Avril Lavigne phase but that was a different issue altogether I would say (laughs) I feel like nobody at the time was like Paige looks cool right now (laughs) that was was not what was going on (laughs) it was very approachable easy to wear it was cheap and it was it would last for a long time. Like yeah. when I think about what clothes were when I was in college, it was H&M, Topshop, um, all of these, you know, Zara, all this stuff that was fast fashion garbage mm-hmm. that just falls apart immediately. At least Carhartt yeah. and Dickies and, um, you know, all the others, Ben Davis, these things last forever. They have to. It's like true. double knee yeah. pants last forever. Yeah. So did you, like, go with your friends to the Modesto and Fresno malls? No. No, I was the funny guy. So I didn't actually... They weren't actually my friends. I was the funny guy who got to hang out with them because I was funny. Uh, No, my parents took me a couple times. We went to Fresno a lot because my mother's Jewish, so I had a Jewish uh, religious uh, experience in my life. So we would drive to Fresno every Friday night and Saturday or Sunday um, to go to Temple. So on the weekends, we would spend a lot of time in Fresno. And so I would go to the malls in Fresno. There's this outdoor mall called River Park, which is in Fresno. And we'd spend a lot of time there. And they had a Best Buy, they had a Target, they had um, a Borders. What other, like, I'm trying to think what clothes they had. I think there was a, a J. Crew store, a bunch of stuff. Um, oh, they had an Old Navy. There was a Gap. Um, so that's where I would buy most of my clothes uh, at the end of high school. But I wanted Abercrombie more than anything. I always just wanted Abercrombie. And the Abercrombie yeah. was. Didn't we all? I know. It was a terrible, <laughs> terrible phase. None of the clothes fit me because uh, yeah. everything ran like a, two sizes smaller than what it should have been so if I got a large it was more like a normal person small um, 
but that's all I wanted was I just wanted Abercrombie everything. I remember we went to Vegas one year. I think I was 13 or 14. And I, I like looked up where the Abercrombie was in Las Vegas. <laughs> in the, it's in the forum shops at Caesar's Palace. Okay. And okay. We're staying at Circus. That's Circus. where it belongs. Yes, somehow, exactly. It's perfect. It makes uh, sense. Clothes for an emperor. You said it, and it. I was like, that clicks. I'm. I'm there. Caesar, just in three polos, collars popped. Very regal. Uh, so I walked in the dead of summer in Las Vegas, over 100 degrees, to get an Abercrombie and Fitch T-shirt. That's all I could afford with the money my parents gave me is one T-shirt. And the shirt I was wearing ended up like fate. It was a, bl- a navy blue T-shirt, and it had a giant sun stain on it from me being outside so long. Because I walked yeah. an hour just to get oh, to the Caesar's Palace to get Abercrombie. <laughs> That's how pathetic I was when I was a child. It was your journey. I can't imagine all the things you saw I, and all the people you met along the way. I, I felt like Lawrence of Arabia, like crawling <laughs> in the desert trying to get just a drink of water. Just, just one sip of water, please. By the time you found the shirt, you were like, is this a mirage? I'm not sure. No, sorry, it's the yeah. Mirage Hotel and Casino. <laughs> You have further you to walk yeah, at the wrong place. Yeah, we this is only not... have a Hollister. <laughs> I could have taken the bus. I could have gotten on the monorail. I just I had to walk the whole way. <laughs> you needed to feel like you earned it, exactly, mm-hmm. with sweat and tears. And, and it sounds like you to really mean something. You really did earn it. I did. I did. It, it felt nice. <laughs> was it like a shirt that said? Was it that like thing where it's like the stitched on cloth that says Abercrombie? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what it was. Because yeah. I couldn't get it and not have it say Abercrombie because yeah, then there's the like point. no yeah. cachet to it anymore. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like at my high school, I, I don't know what it says about about where I was going to school, but it was uh, only Hollister t-shirts. Nobody, nobody had Abercrombie, but everyone had the shirt that said Hollister and you had to. I mean, I didn't, but the other people <laughs> did. And it made them better than me, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, At least. I guess it was it was one or the other. I don't remember a lot yeah. of people going back and forth between the two. It was like, you're an Abercrombie person or you're a Hollister person. I, Abercrombie is like mo- so much more like, yeah, it's like prep. Yeah. As opposed to Hollister is a little more like... I mean, the vibe is obviously like beachy, you know, but it's still preppy. It's like preppy beach. It's like, yeah, it's like preppy, but with flip flops and like, like rainbow flip flops are an element to it as well. I mean, that's what we've found is that all the East Coast, um, a lot of East Coast people we've had on here were obsessed with like Hollister because it was like California cool. And then (laughs) Californians all obsessed with Abercrombie. And it's East Coast cool. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. right. It's such a good point. I never <laughs> thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah. The Abercrombie aesthetic is like Montauk or like the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. It's like I go to boarding school. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. It's all different shades of white, essentially. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in there is um, Aeropostale. And what's the other one? Oh, I guess American, American I feel Eagle. Like American Eagle is a little bit, I don't know. They somehow are better in my mind, but they're not. They're the same. And it, it, did, they're, it didn't sell sexuality the way that Abercrombie did. Yeah, I don't yeah. think American Eagle ever cultivated quite as toxic of a yeah. culture. <laughs> whereas like Abercrombie literally was like 
bully your friends bully your friends <laughs> bully your friends <laughs> yeah it's true it's true um when you when you left merced like where, did you go to any malls in connecticut that you liked there was a stanford town center um which i believe we've discussed before with um i think kara clank as well as katie valley if you know is that where you went to college no no i worked at uh, wwe last year oh yes yeah, and right. so i was living in stanford uh and would go to new york on the weekends but i was you know i worked in stanford so mm-hmm. um yeah it was they had a couple good things they had like um sacks off fifth and i remember i bought like a casual suit from Saxoff. My aunt loves Saxoff. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Ants love Saxoff. Yeah. It's so it's so wonderful. They love a deal. <laughs> um I went there a few times. I, I can't remember what other stuff they had. That whole time in my life was such a blur. But um that was that was it in terms of malls. That was the one that was in downtown Stamford. And I lived in downtown Stamford. Um, okay. And this is Stamford with an M, correct? Yeah, Stamford, Connecticut. Yeah, mm-hmm. Stamford. Stamford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. just sounds wrong. <laughs> yeah, like it feels like the city got <laughs> it wrong. I kept stumbling on it when I tried to say it. It's like Stamford because I wanted to say Stanford because I'm yeah. from California and Stanford is a thing. You know, I went to college yeah. in San Francisco, so Stanford was a thing that people talked about. Yeah, so I had definitely. to reorient myself to what Stamford, Connecticut was. Um, yeah, it's the East Coast is not a mall place. It's not a. It's not the same. At least not in my mind. Same culture uh, that we have here for malls. What, it sounds like sa- save for New Jersey. New Jersey seems to be mm-hmm. a, a bit of a yeah. anomaly. Yeah, I haven't been. There. Thank God. Um, <laughs> I'm not dying to go to 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 New Jersey for anything really. But so so you went to college in San Francisco, and you said you worked at the Hollister in Daly City. Yeah. So I went to San Francisco State University, which is on the west side of town, and it's right near Daly City. Daly City is just kind of basically. Um, a suburb of San Francisco. You can't really tell the difference um, in any appreciable way, but it is not San Francisco itself. It might as well be, but it's just based on the way the borders are drawn, it's not. And um, I got a job at the Hollister because I had a friend in class whose boyfriend was the manager. Um, And he got me a job because I needed a job. Um, San Francisco was expensive even in 2004 or five or whenever I was there. That is who I picture as every manager at Hollister. <laughs> somebody's boyfriend. Someone's boyfriend, yes. yes. Everyone is someone's boyfriend. Um, <laughs> so I would take the bus from San Francisco State to the mall in Daly City once a day, every day. And I, would, I think my shift was probably four hours long or something. And I would spray down all the clothes with the cologne because you have to. <laughs> that's why it smells that way. It's yep. because people and it's like that can't be good for the fabric. It's not no. good for me and my uh, respiratory <laughs> system. I yeah. can't even imagine what that would be like during COVID. You know, yeah, it's like <laughs> horrible. Anyway, um, yeah, it was terrible money. Um, it was hard work. Was it minimum wage? 
Yeah. It was, it was minimum, but the minimum wage at that time in um, Daly City and whatever county that was, was actually relatively high compared to the rest of the country mm. because it's such an, uh, uh, an affluent area and a very liberal place compared to a lot of other places. It was just not fun. I mean, I was folding clothes. I was the only black person who worked there. And um, I couldn't afford to buy the clothes because I wasn't making enough money. So I was never, I was never wear, I didn't buy any Hollister clothes. Right. <laughs> they wanted you to. They highly encouraged that <laughs> mm-hmm. with your paycheck, you bought Hollister clothes. But I'm like, I, I need this to pay my rent. And to yeah. buy yeah. that's all clothing stores. Is they're like, we'll give you 30% off. And that's not even close and- to being enough. You should just no. buy enough to only wear this every day. <laughs> well, it sounds like you'd walk out smelling like you had bought the clothes regardless. Yeah, I always smelled nice afterwards. <laughs> My roommates were always like, God, Dave, you smell so good. And it's like, well, <laughs> it's because I've been dousing a bunch of fabric in cologne all day. Um, yeah. I do remember you could wear flip-flops to work. Didn't seem safe. I mean, imagine if you couldn't. Well, it's not It's not <laughs> safe, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's a great idea, both because it's not really supportive to stand on all day, and it's, no. I mean, it's a recipe for, for disaster in terms of tripping. Right, from like an OSHA standpoint, I think it's very bad. Um, yeah. So I don't think I stayed very long. I think I quit because, oh, yeah, I got a job at the library on campus, and so I quit. <gasps> I, I worked at a public library for four years uh, when I was job. in high school and college. An incredible job. I mean, it, I, I'm so glad I had that job. I mean, as like first jobs go or as like minimum wage jobs go, it was great. And also, I was a library page, which is just funny. Oh, interesting. So ever, everyone liked the page the page thing and, and that brought people joy, you know? Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoy it. Like it was still customer service in the same way that, uh, you know, retail is, but without right. the need to sell anything, you're not, you're not forcing anyone yeah. to like check out a bunch of books. That's the thing is you're, you never are responsible for losing a sale of any kind. Yeah. At worst, you like can't convince, I guess it would be different at a college library, but it's like at worst, you can't convince someone to pay their fines or something, right. you know, yeah. it's, we had a lot of like ornery old people who like, you know, they grew up be- thinking if you owed money at the library, that was a really bad thing. So they get really defensive and be like, I turned that in on time as opposed to like younger people would be like, it's 10 cents, whatever, you know, <laughs> but that was like the worst thing that could happen is someone wouldn't give you 10 cents. That they, it seems they like owe. bosses at a library would like, maybe like actually care whether you live or die. <laughs> no, you'd be wrong about that. Um, yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> no, it was the same level of Damn. feeling like a cog in a machine mm, um, at the yeah. library as it was at Hollister. And then, and then later on after college, I worked at uh, urban outfitters, but that was not in a mall. That was the urban outfitters on Melrose here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, was that um, awful? Yeah. Yeah. It was very <laughs> bad. Uh, I, I worked during the Christmas season. Mm. So celebrities would come in sometimes. I remember, um, Oh boy, Malin Ackerman came in to the Urban Outfitters to return a record player. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It was a Crossley record player. And she's like, I, I think it was that there was a piece missing. Of course there is. It's from Urban yeah, Outfitters. Yeah, I, I think it was like 
the 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 logo is not on this. And I was like, oh, you can still play oh. it, you know. I was like, well, I really want the logo, or, or it was in the wrong color. I don't remember exactly. Oh, but, god. Uh, oh my god, there's so many pieces to that. <laughs> I have to admit. I mean, now obviously I know that Urban Outfitters is bad, but when I was a teenager, that's one of like the furthest places I would take my little car when I first started driving and was always scared <laughs> of driving. That was like one of my furthest destination points to drive Do I, to. Well, there's all kinds of stuff over around it on Melrose. But I'm talking specifically the Urban Outfitters. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved working there from a cachet standpoint. I thought I was cool. Mm-hmm. And I also did buy a lot of stuff when I was there. Um, yeah. I do think also Urban Outfitters has severely de- declined in quality over the years. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like their clothes used to be fine and now now they're dis- they disintegrate yeah. within moments. It's like fast yeah. fast. Oh, I have a I have a question about that Urban Outfitters. For years, all these years, every time you walk in, there's somebody by the entrance folding shirts i say that in quotes they just station someone there to fold a pile of shirts over and over again right so that there's like someone in the front well no there's a you're supposed to be actually folding shirts there's it's it's a it's a function of the of the loss prevention system yes you are there because you are watching to make sure people don't steal Mm -hmm. that urban outfitters in particular is one of the worst offenders for you know um thievery and and shoplifting of all the urban outfitters in the country wow <laughs> that is that is the it's most nice to be the best at something i know it's yeah very cool. just to rank yeah <laughs> i felt a lot of pride that we were we were up there on the list uh i think there was a i think there was a, a an award and a plaque or like a frame um so yeah that was that was an important job was You've got the little, like, podium, basically, and you're folding, you know, novelty um, Gary Coleman t-shirts and putting them back. <laughs> but you're ostensibly there to keep an eye on people and see who's leaving and not leaving. And if they try to go out with a bag of stuff, you can jump on them or something. I remember going up into the office, the manager's office, and someone was in handcuffs. Just like, what? Th- yeah. Wait, they're allowed to do that? But I think there was a cop there already or something. Oh, oh god! But it was very Gestapo fascisty. I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, Yikes. Yeah, it was a terrible place. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> the most popular people were, of course, the people who did the designs of the of the store floor. That was a big thing. Oh. It was like, how is it going to look? Where are we going to put things? And like, what what um, what products are going to be in the best? parts of the store and how are we going to style stuff like those are the people who are going to go on to be you know costume designers or set designers for movies or something the rest of us were just lucky to be making minimum wage yeah how long were you there for three or four months okay i think they yeah i'm pretty sure i had i had a, a an illicit relationship with my manager and i think that was part of why i was asked to leave I see. Yeah. Okay. All right. We don't have to say much more on this one. Drama. (laughs) Romance. Scandal. She was cheating on her boyfriend with me. It was very bad. (gasps) Oh Oh, my god. Well. Yeah. Damn. So do you know for sure that like higher ups found out? No. No. 
Okay. But she was but the manager, couldn't... so she was yeah. the she higher was up. The higher. Yeah. Wow. It was terrible. Wow. Oh my it was goodness. a very embarrassing part of my life. Mm. Uh, which is well, saying a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that unless there's you have any other general mall stories or anything you want to get out, I think it's time to talk about the store. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so tell us about your relationship with Burberry. Um, so I picked this because it is the kind of store that you would never find in my hometown. Yeah. It was one of the stores that I first became aware of, or brands that I first became aware of, when I moved here and hung out at the Beverly Center all the time. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know why it was so expensive. And that's where I first kind of got <laughs> an understanding of luxury clothes and, like, very nice things. Um, it seemed like it was for older women, mostly, and like, or, like, <laughs> men who play golf um, yeah. <laughs> every day of the week. Yeah. Um, but I've always been fascinated by a, a English culture, too, and it's an English brand. So the idea of sort of, like, um, um, you know, uh, tweed and, um, you know, um, trench coats and stuff like that. Because the yeah. trench coat is their, like, big famous thing, right? That beige plaid and then the, the trench coat. The trench coat and the, and the scarf, yeah. The famous and, and also, scarf. I, I guess that Thomas Burberry also invented a, a commonly used waterproof fabric. Yeah, I think that's what's I, that what they make the, the trench coat out of. The trench coat out yeah. of. I was like, okay, I didn't know you could just go around inventing a fabric. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Okay, I didn't know that about you, Thomas. Respect, I mean. It's like inventing impressive. an element. What the hell? I yeah, I was possible. like, okay. Yeah, somebody had to invent like, everything. Yeah. Soda was yeah. invented by someone. Was it like just sort of interesting to you as a concept, or did it become like I like I certainly had this where there will be like one brand that you'll latch onto as like aspirational. Like you're like, when I have something from this brand, then I'll be I've complete. Made it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think there was there's an aspirational quality to it. I think there was a cultural fascination with with the UK, which I still have. Um, <laughs> uh, as soon as this yeah. is over, the, the quarantine, I'm moving to, to England and never coming back. Um, and I think there was also just like, I've always in, been interested in nice, in nice clothes and I've always been interested in clothes period. And that's well-made fashionable um, for the most part at the time, you know, it wasn't terribly fashionable back then, but it was still, it still had a cachet because it was nice. Um, mm. so I think that was why I was uh, attracted to it. You know, I came from a, a town where Abercrombie was considered nice or chaps, Ralph Lauren t-shirts were considered, you know, formal attire. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it gave me a window into a, a, a more exciting, more mature world. It's adult clothes. There's a difference mm -hmm. between the things you buy at a normal mall and things you can get at the Beverly center because the Beverly center has grown up stuff. Stuff that yeah, adults probably. with jobs can buy. And I was, oh, go on. I was going to say it was the, that was the first time when I had a job and I had money and I could, I could decide what to do with my income. You know, like a real job, not like working at Hollister. Like I had a real job uh, when I first moved to LA. So I had disposable income. And so I was starting to develop a sense of what I liked and what I wanted. 
Yeah. It is interesting to think about the clothes you wear when you just are buying what you afford versus like, what do you really want? Yeah. Even, even, yeah, the nice stuff from the mall, it's still, it's still it's mall still clothes. still the mall, yeah. And, and the, that's why I, I liked going to Burberry. I, I, I still have only bought two things from there, and that is the watch I'm wearing right now. Nice. And cologne. <laughs> the cologne that I never wear <laughs> because I have no reason to wear cologne right now. Yeah, nobody's smelling us right now. It's a bummer. But also a kind watch of a is a good one, though, because you can wear it every day. Exactly, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that if you have a nice accessory, um, it elevates every outfit that you wear just because it's like, yeah. oh, you have that cool thing. It's, it's why men buy big, dumb watches and then wear T-shirts and sweatpants. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. look at this watch, dude. Look at this cool Well, that's watch. the other thing about L.A. is like, you really don't have a reason to own a coat like they sell. Like you, I I've bought a coat last year, like a long coat and I've maybe worn it like four times. It's not cold. And yet I have many long coats. Yeah. I mean, but I guess I go like, I would have a hard time. Maybe I just have a hard time spending a lot of money in general, but I would have a hard time buying one of their like $2,000 coats yeah. because I'd go, mm well, I'm not going to wear this like every day the way I would if I lived somewhere where it actually got very cold. Right. I mean, that's, I think for women, the equivalent to watches and coats, well, coats too, but like jewelry and bags. Yes. Because that can just be a part of your everyday look. And if you have like a nice bag, like I last year bought um, a Telfar bag. Mm, and yeah, nice. it's more than I usually spend. But then like with every outfit, it was like, what I'm saying. I have my cool bag. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally. And it's totally worth it. They definitely seem like they have a lot of like cool, like leather goods, like wallets, purses. Like, I I don't know if I saw they have shoes, but like, it definitely seems like it's somewhere where certainly it's not accessible to everyone, but you could like save up and buy an accessory like a watch and and really get, get along, get a lot of mileage out of it because it's actually good quality. Do you want one of their coats? Me personally, yes, of course. Yes, yes. I would. Yeah, I would absolutely buy one if, like you said, I had a I had a good reason to. Or, or, or what, yeah. what Paige said is like, if you if don't you have go a reason, to the UK, yes. after this, yes. that's the reason. Yes. Uh, they just changed their not their full logo, or maybe they did, but like that print they changed the whole to that thing. little. Yeah, this is very controversial, um, because a lot of luxury brands like that have changed their logos to things that are very sort of minimal in a block Mm -hmm. like black block print logos and Burberry had always had kind of you know very classic um staid English aesthetics you know it was like I said for old women and men who play golf every day but now it's kind of transitioned into being streetwear like Burberry is making things that are for people that are half my age now um and it's, they've been very successful with it, but by rebranding, they sort of lost, I think, some of the things that I liked about it. So I'm less mm-hmm. intrigued by it or less excited about it because now half of the things that they make or more are these kinds of things that I'm like, I can't wear this. I can't wear this anymore. I'm 35. I, I have to dress like an adult. And this is expensive clothes for young people. And it makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. I did see they have like... um you know, they have a whole line of this made me laugh because they're British. 
they have a whole line of fanny packs, but they call them bum bags. Yes. Which it's like fanny pack sounds so funny to them, right? And bum bag yeah. sounds so funny to me. Well, so <laughs> a fanny in right. the UK is not what it is here. I know. Yeah, right. When I when I was in Ireland for six months when I was fifteen, one of the first questions someone asked me was like what does fanny mean? And I was like, I was like, but, and they were like, ha 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 ha. No, it means vagina. And I was like, okay. Okay. I guess I'm, I'm an idiot. (laughs) But they have like a lot of the like cross body bum bag. And they have like, I thought what was really interesting now is their most recent, um, they have this monogram line. That's all the like, the B right. and they have like Kendall Jenner doing like a photo shoot from her computer because it's <laughs> like from home. Yeah. So they're like these like blurry oh, pictures of Kendall Jenner. <laughs> it's really kind of crazy. <laughs> there must be a better way to market. I know. I was like, it's very strange to be like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's interesting for this super, you know, fancy brand to be trying to like appeal in a, I mean, I obviously, if they c- didn't have to do <laughs> a Zoom photo shoot, they wouldn't. But <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's interesting. It is like a lot of these clothes are like cool. Yeah, it's too cool for me. I'm not, I wouldn't yeah. say I'm uncool, but I am 35 years old. I have a child <laughs> who is two and a half. I will yeah, never I be would... truly cool again. And I don't want to try. <laughs> I would say that, that that B interlocking monogram thing is legitimately like, a fun print yeah it and is none cool of their looking. stuff before could be called fun right yes right. It, was, it was very dour and um respectable i remember i had mm-hmm. a professor in college who talked about burberry all the time and like how you know she loved their clothes and she dressed like uh texas governor ann richards mostly uh <laughs> if you remember who that was um that's that's the, that was the the person who bought that stuff was mm-hmm. people who were very serious, who wore suits or polo shirts or you know the trench coats and scarves and things and and shoes with a cap on them and uh, that all that stuff that just was alien to me as someone who grew up in California and people wore flip flops everywhere. Casual yeah. style is style in California. And that's great. Yeah, and it, you're looked at like you're insane if you dress like kind of, you know, a little more formal or like whatever. Oh, yeah. No, I, wa- I was looking at some of their stuff today and I was like, there's certainly items here where I go like, I like this, this cape jacket thing, this mm-hmm. like cool, super high fashion item. But it's like, if you're going to have that... <laughs> You're also going to have a conversation about it with every person <laughs> that you see. They're going to go, what is that, Paige? You don't dress like this. Like, I would have to make a decision to just go for it, yeah. you know? You have to have years of that. Yeah. Like, I, I bought this. The jacket I'm wearing now is green, and it's a terry cloth, like a towel. And I went to go see my son, and my ex-wife was like, well, that's a choice. And I was like, oh, no. Rude. Well, that's why we're divorced. But um, oh, oh, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you have to accept that. When you make a stylistic or sartorial decision that is mm-hmm. avant-garde in any way, 
someone's going to look at you and question your decision. Yeah, they're going to go, oh, hello, fun jacket. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Nobody's having a, having a laugh. It's very cheeky. It's uh. like, okay, well, um, I'll I just... guess during 2001 and 2005, there was a period where it was associated with something else. And to me, this this segment of the Wikipedia is just such, it is nonsense to me. Um, I would like to read it now. <laughs> Please share your what you, you brought to class, Emily. <laughs> Between 2001 and 2005, Burberry became associated with Chav and football hooligan culture. This change in the brand reputation was attributed to lower price products, the proliferation of counterfeit goods, adopting Burberry's trademark check pattern, and adoption by celebrities prominently identified with Chav culture. And then I click on Chav, and here we have... Chav, also Charver, and Scally in parts of Northern England is a British pejorative term used to describe an antisocial lower class youth dressed in sportswear. Chavette has been used to refer to a female chav. I, okay, so I, I did the same clicking that you did, Emily, and I just want to say I thought from context clues, I was like, does chav equate to bro? And it seems mm. like it doesn't. I it clicked doesn't? on it and I was like, I don't know. This seems different. I, I, is this just something I'll never understand? Can you shed any light on this, Dave? Yeah, actually. <laughs> you know? ch- ch- a chav is, is essentially a, lo- uh, a lower class, working class person who is sort of inspired by hip hop culture, um, but is white. Like you have to be white to be a chav, basically. Okay. And mm. so you're kind of like, here's a good example that you guys might might understand. Lily Allen, if you remember Lily mm, Allen, mm-hmm. what she was doing is putting on the, um, she was doing chav face, basically. She was putting on the the um, the trappings of a chav. Yeah, so sportswear, so like she would wear like, you know, Adidas track pants or, you know, Fila shoes and she would have like sort of weird bad hair. Um, <laughs> and, and it was, it, it, it's, it's white trash basically but a different kind of Mm. white trash and that it was like urban white trash um and i think there was an element of racism to it because a lot of chavs were people who and this is a horrible term that racists use but race mingling the idea of race mingling i think is offensive to a lot of a lot of racist people because they see you know the the culture starting to to meld and melt into something that's not recognizable to them um, so I think chavs bothered people because they spoke in a hip hop patois and they listened to rap music and they wore track, track pants and stuff. And it wasn't the same as guys wearing Ben Sherman or whatever else was popular with working class uh, white people in the UK. So Burberry being, I guess, co-opted by that kind of person was offensive to the traditional white male um, superstructure of the UK. That's interesting because I feel like that's not at all what like here we would associate Burberry with. Right, because yeah. anything that is English has a patina of class. Mm-hmm. So I remember right. I, w- I would watch PBS all the time and they would show um, Are You Being Served and uh, Keeping Up Appearances and Benny Hill and stuff. And I thought, wow, this is so classy. They have these fancy accents. And then I meet actual British people and they're like, these are the most horrible, trashy shows. I can't believe your parents made you watch this stuff. It's homophobic, it's racist, it's offensive, and it's stupid. I'm like, oh, that's what that was? Okay. Well, it seemed, it seemed classy because they, they spoke in British accents. 
Yeah. So do we not have an exact equivalent for Chav? It also seems like it's associated with soccer somehow. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's there's no there's no one to one correlation. That would that would mm, be hard okay. to pull off. Yeah, it's kind of hard. It just because is like a like, British thing. Yes. Yeah, it's the same reason. It's like yeah, there's just certain things that there just isn't a, an mm-hmm. equivalent for, and that's why reading it, you're like, what? Right. Like, what does this mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, and I, then it's just they use more words that you don't know what it means. I like when you do read about something British and you're really reminded, like, that is a different country. <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking idea what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I it, it is interesting that wrapped up in like, you know, in any type of like high fashion luxury brand like Burberry is there are going to be the people who view it as like exclusive, you know, they don't want you to aspire to having a piece of it. They want people who are rich to own Mm -hmm. it and to show that they're rich by owning it. I mean, very related to that is, um, wait, let me find it. So, cause there was that thing a couple years ago, which I remembered, which was that thing where it was revealed that they were burning unsold clothes. Right. Because they be, to keep the exclusivity, they had all the surplus. And rather than let that get down to sale or outlets or whatever, they burned it instead. And obviously, a lot of people had a big problem with that. Yeah, um, I think that seems fair to but me. But what I didn't know when was that they claimed in response that the energy generated from burning its products was captured making it environmentally friendly. This is mm. <laughs> the craziest friendly. response to anything I've ever read in my life. Like, yeah. basically, they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, all the clothes and bags and everything we made, um, we're basically just using it as coal, so it's fine. That's like, that's like <laughs> we're that using story it to power that, a train. It's like that story that came out recently about how Burger King is going to start feeding their cows lemongrass so they fart less. <laughs> Oh I did not God. see that. I did not see like, that either. Well, you know, the big problem with, with cattle and, and, and making beef methane. is the methane. So if they yeah. don't fart as much, then we're going to save the world. It's like, no, you're definitely missing the point. <laughs> that is yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, I, I didn't know about this response until I looked it up yeah, today. Yeah, that's... And... <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, that's some real, uh, I don't know, the idea that somebody <laughs> twisted it and thought, like, this is our statement is, yeah. It's carbon it's like, no, neutral destruction. Un- <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, burning things, that's associated with energy, right? Let's just say we were using it as, yeah, as coal. We're, we're, we're being efficient. But you know what is weird to me? about this whole thing, the Burberry and and Chav culture and where it is now is, so originally, like we talked about 2001 to 2004, they didn't want lower class people wearing their clothes. They didn't want young people wearing their clothes. They didn't want young people wearing bootleg Burberry because it devalued Mm -hmm. their brand in their minds. Now, today, Burberry is marketing to those people. With the idea Mm -hmm. that they now have the disposable income to afford that stuff. They are the ones that are setting the trends that are getting people excited about their brand. And brands like Gucci are now stealing the designs from bootleg Gucci t-shirts and hats and pants and all this stuff and selling them. 
yeah. mm-hmm. with spelling mistakes or errors in printing because the idea of being trashy is now cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, the thing that appealed to me when I first went to the Burberry store in the Beverly Center is gone. Or it's been yeah. sort of lessened by this idea of Burberry being a, a brand for young people, a brand for people who aren't of means, who save every penny that they have to mm. buy a pair of shoes or a jacket or a shirt or a fanny pack. Yeah. There is something that is just so twisted about these like luxury brands selling stuff that purposely looks like it's not. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's still an $800 t-shirt. Yeah, Balenciaga does that where they'll sell a t-shirt that says like who farted and the arrow points at your face, <laughs> their own face and it's like, "Aha, this is $7,000." <laughs> Yeah, I could get this at the I Jersey mean, Shore. I could get yeah, this on yeah. Venice Beach. Why am I <laughs> buying this T-shirt from this fucking company? Yeah, I mean, it is really crazy. Something also that that blew my mind. I was texting Emily about this earlier. Is the concept of these luxury clothes for children? Mm-hmm. They sell Burberry sells children's clothes, yeah. and all all of their models on their website look very sad including the kids you just look at there's a picture of a kid wearing a 900 dollars dress looking sad and you go what am i what is this like what what does this say about literally everything in the world like what what's happening here yeah. you know You're, you, you think money is supposed to give you happiness and and that is why I go into the Burberry store is to feel happy and to imagine that these wonderful exactly. things can be mine. But yeah. what you realize is wealthy people are miserable or they see <laughs> yeah. misery as a luxury that only people with no problems can have. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. why this is a tangent, but I'm going to say this because it frustrates me as I go on Twitter Please. and I see people, most of them are white who are going into this sort of death spiral about what's happening in the world and just being like, it's the end of everything. This is terrible. There's no way we can stop Trump, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you can, you have this feeling and you express this because you are the last person on the list that is going to suffer. Mm -hmm. I'm the first one. And I don't have the luxury of being sad. I have to have right. I have to have the optimism to say it can be better because I need it to be better because if I don't I will die. So to me it's always privilege allows you the right and the ability to be truly despondent and to wallow in despair because there isn't that one to one correlation between the misery and actual punishment from the world. So I right. think that that's why these po-faced models, these sad-looking models, are appealing to rich people because it's like, mm, yeah. yeah, you can be sad. I have the, mm-hmm. I can sit around being sad in my mansion all day. Also, because you have the, it's the luxury of your problems being existential, yes. as opposed to actually lived-in day-to-day problems. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I feel like people of color. Uh, I feel like you know trans people. LGBT people in general, you know, there is this sense we have to keep fighting and we have to be positive and we have to, you know, stop this from getting worse. 
and I, I see all of the sort of nihilism from, from, from white people who have probably have parents who were doctors or lawyers. Like I, I just, yeah. I just, nihilism has never been appealing to me, but luxury brands do sell a certain amount of it because it is in yeah. some way visually representative of the emptiness of your soul and how you need this $700 dress to fill it, to fill yes. the emptiness in your soul. Um, it's like, yeah, it's just like no one ever looks happy in their nice clothes right, because they're not. No, yes. no, it's uh, yeah. And you know who looks happy is people in ads for fast fashion. Mm-hmm. Everyone in an old Navy commercial is having the time of their goddamn life. Yep. You know, <laughs> and, and it's like and then I'm looking at this rich child who's who's <laughs> whose mother is making her be a model. <laughs> it's like it's just such a strange it really is so interesting when you start talking about fashion and high fashion specifically and these luxury brands like you just find yourself reading about it and being like this says so much about the world around it yeah, yeah. I, it, it's really crazy to look I at it's been time you know not watching fashion shows but like runway shows but like seeing photos from it and stuff because I, I will mm-hmm. read you know, commentary and news about, about fashion because clothes interest me. And I think it closes, uh, fashion is a form of artistic expression. So I'm mm-hmm. interested in it. I, I like clothes. And you see these runaway shows and they're always just full of people doing this, just staring ahead with like no expression, wearing mm-hmm. sunglasses, looking upset. There is not a mm-hmm. lot of joy to it. Sometimes there is, but for the most part, it is a very dour experience. It's it's yeah. like it's like being in Blade Runner or something, um, and I just I don't relate to that at all. I, I try to find yeah. happiness, you know, where I can, uh, and I guess that's what fast fashion fast fashion is is instant gratification. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, there's also you know that that song by Pulp, Common People, is about wealthy British people wanting to uh, learn about the working class because they're bored being rich yeah i think Mm -hmm. there is an element of that and that might be part of um why burberry has become a streetwear brand it's not just because streetwear is popular but because there's an element of wealthy uh british culture that wants to connect with the working class that wants to dress like the working class that wants to have some edge to themselves as opposed to being genteel it's there's a reason why prep clothes in america sort of started to lose their their um cachet it's because prep is american fashion in the way that burberry is is british fashion so now that there are brands that are doing prep stuff that is more streetwear infused prep is coming back but for a while like j crew was considered corny and declassé or abercrombie lost all of its cachet and now I don't know any teenager who would be caught dead in an Abercrombie. No, no I don't no, either. They're, yeah. they're wearing dickies for the same <laughs> yeah. reason of all this stuff that we're talking exactly, about. Exactly. It's like, oh, how crazy dickies. The, the other thing I did see when I was looking at Burberry is there's um they made like a short film about Thomas Burberry. <laughs> have you seen any of the stuff about <laughs> I this? I have not watched it. It's, so it's starring, um I forget the guy's name. It's like, Wait, the there's woman? like somebody playing Thomas Burberry? Yes. So there's a It's so, a narrative film. Yes. And and in it is the the girl from um from Mamma Mia. She plays this woman who there's this there's this 
trailer for it on oh YouTube. I, I won't Wait, describe it, everything about it. Is it Matt it, but... Smith from Doctor Who? Is the guy? Um, let's see. I'm he was like the face of Burberry yes. last year. I said it was Matt Smith. Oh, it's, wait, it is wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. It's Domhnall Gleeson. Oh, okay. Oh, I love yeah, him. From... Yes. And Lily James. This Lily is James. Irish. Cast. So, and so <laughs> him, Lily James, um, and he, and the trailer is the most dramatic thing I've ever seen. They show him inventing that waterproof material by they show him literally holding a piece of material and pouring water on it and watching it slide off. <laughs> and, oh my god. And other people being like approaching him about it like I got to get this material, you know, and just like really dr- dramatizing <laughs> this man's life and I I mean it's called The Tale of Thomas Burberry. It came out in 2016. I mean, how is this not a feature film? Uh, in, this in the, is in wild. The, in the mold of the imitation game or something. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> this is like a really good cast. Yeah. So I think it was made <laughs> by Burberry. I'm sure it's it was. Burberry <laughs> Presents. So I don't know if they were invested in creating a whole piece. They just wanted to do wow. something. Um, but it's like the most dramatized thing and i guess he's playing a young thomas burberry but he does not look like the picture on thomas burberry's wikipedia well, i'm page. guessing thomas burberry <laughs> was not classically attractive he had a big like mole not only like like a huge a huge beard okay. but like also like you know when like a mustache is somehow like bigger like he had like a cartoon mustache oh, like, like huge like bluto from popeye or something yeah like it just looks Mario. so Yes, but um, and I don't know what age that photo is is from, but I just I, I do recommend checking out the trailer for this. It's it's absolutely the most dramatic representation of waterproof material I've ever seen, <laughs> and it seems like he has a and so it seems like what the story they're telling is. He's married, but he has an affair with Lily oh, James, no. who's a model for Burberry. No. Wow. Yeah. So it was no. like me and the manager of the Urban Outfitters on Melrose. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> like Incredible. that. So, so maybe you'd watch it, and it would, it would uh, trigger me. Would, yeah. Yeah. So be careful. Yeah, you know, right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we have any other general thoughts on Burberry before we close on a game? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it doesn't have the same. Um, positive connotations in my life that it used to because I'm older I do have nicer things now so it's not as as uh, aspirational I mean it's still incredibly mm-hmm. expensive mm-hmm. stuff and I'm not going to spend five thousand dollars on a coat anytime soon but okay. um, I still think you know there are there, there are certain things about it that that are classic and that will always be fashionable and cool and um I haven't been to the Beverly Center Burberry in a long time. I think it might have even closed. Yeah, I'm not I sure. I thought I saw that it's still open. I hope you buy a coat someday. It would feel like a nice full circle moment. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be 10 years from now, and I will let you know when I do. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> hey, Governor, it's me, Dave. <laughs> I want to get some Burberry. okay well we're gonna close on a fun game it's called name that store and it'll be between it'll be a competition between you dave and emily um i will 
it's going to be three rounds. I'm going to name items that are for sale at a given store. I'll name several. And when you think you know what store I'm talking, call talking about, call it out. Um, does that make it's sense? A, it's a game much like sports, which you write about. <laughs> I used to. And except- not so much. Well, yes, I can do it. I can do this. Okay. <laughs> I can do it. I think you're going to do I great. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So this first round, this is the first store. I'll start naming some items that they sell. Call it out when you think you know it. Okay. First item is pineapple string lights. Next item is absolute parfection golf bag. Oh, God. Island zone pants. Tommy Bahama? Wait, what zone? Tommy Bahama, you got it. (laughs) Oh, my God. I almost did that to Tommy Bahama to talk about today, but I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> the other items I'll say, and and that first round goes to you, Dave. But the other the other that items, was good. I, I was gonna say, were Garden of Hope and Courage camp shirt. Let me pull it up and describe it because I feel like the, the <laughs> listeners are dying to know. Um, I'm dying to know. So it's 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 yeah, it's like a Hawaiian shirt with um sort of cool blue tones um, i love a camp collar shirt it's very fashionable yeah. these days. <laughs> and then the other item was sun-kissed tropics reversible halter tankini <laughs> so, tank- hey that sounds like something oh, i would bikini. wear i love a tankini Tank- in 2020 yeah. Okay. <laughs> well they're available to you i thought so it, I thought it was like a drink it. in applebee's a tankini <laughs> like, this is gonna get you really messed up i'm sure it's both of those things <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i'm sure there's an item there's there's if not at applebee's maybe at tji fridays there's a drink or an island something hurricane with tankini and with rever- <laughs> I, I feel like reversible might be in the name. We don't know. It'll turn okay, you so inside was- out physically. Yes. <laughs> First round. Okay. So second round. Here we go. First item is Jansport Super Break Sunflower Backpack. Tilly's. Tilly's. Wow. No, <laughs> Got it right what? away. <laughs> I guess the sunflower gives it away, right? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll, maybe I'll just they, say. They have their whole wall of Jansport. I know, but I thought maybe you might think it was like journeys or, or zoomies. I think it was the sunflower. Yeah. In okay. This okay. All yeah. right. Well noted. Some of the other <laughs> items I will say were um, speaking of what we were talking about earlier, Dickie's utility women's cargo jogger pants. Yeah. Um, those are, a, a, those are in a camouflage print um, rip curl surfboard keychain and some cheetah print shoelaces. So there's just, yeah. <laughs> everything is the same at Tilly's as we left it. Nothing has changed. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> so then that means this last round is for, I would say all the marbles. Wow. Um, so here we all go. Right. Uh, first, first item is golden girls monopoly. Spencer's mm. gifts. I'm afraid not. Okay, next item: <laughs> Studio Ghibli 100 collectible postcards. Oh, hot topic. Is this Barnes and Noble? It is Barnes no! and Noble. Damn it, Emily! You yes! fucking got it. I was trying to. <laughs> okay, I think the host should win the game every week. I- there have been times where I haven't won, and I was like. Paige, that was a great game. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I, I will. Okay, I'll say the other items that maybe I should have switched <laughs> up the order. Um, cat butt magnets, set of six. Mm. Um, so those are, you know, magnets you put on your fridge, but it's just a cat's butt. I still would have said hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is where you would have started to get it. Maybe as a Criterion Collection, Scorsese yeah, that's a shorts. Cheap. That's a cheap. 
and Dancing Queen translucent blue vinyl. So if anyone's looking for a translucent blue vinyl edition of Dancing Queen, I mean, it's on I, barnesandnoble.com. I, I guess I am if you're so asking. I think I am now. Yeah, you didn't know until you heard it, but yeah. now, now you know for exactly. sure. <laughs> well then, okay, that this edition of Name That Store does go to Emily. Congrats. Thank you so much. Do I win the keychain from Tilly's? I'll buy it for you oh, with the Patreon yeah. money. Nice. <laughs> That's so sweet. No, but just from my my part of the Patreon money, I won't take out okay, your half. Thank you. <laughs> well, hey, that's been an episode of Mall Talk, Dave. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, us. this was a pleasure. Anytime I can talk about consumerism, capitalism, and materialistic <laughs> behavior, which, by the way, we're obviously anti. Yeah, let's um, be real. We're, th- we're also we're the anti-capitalist mall we podcast. We just happen to like stuff a lot. but the thing is everyone should have stuff even (laughs) socialists like stuff too yes it's just that it should be distributed evenly amongst the population exactly and not created under exploitative circumstances exactly yes you can have aesthetic preferences and still be a socialist it's true um i mean i guess now this feels like a do you (laughs) do you want to promote anything yes of course i do that's what that's why i'm here um, <laughs> please promote uh, so yeah I, uh, you can follow me on twitter at dave underscore shilling and uh, listen to my podcast it is not exactly in the demo for this podcast it could, it be. could be we have lots of listeners yes, yes that's very true um, it's gobs I would say it's called full court chat with dave shilling and it is a ostensibly a sports podcast but it's not really a sports podcast it is a parody of a, a sports podcast uh, in which I play a more obnoxious arrogant version of myself uh interviewing um celebrity athletes who are actually improv comedians playing characters so it's in a sense comedy bang bang but you know about sports and and sports culture and stuff so we're starting the second season of the show on july 30th and we have some really exciting guests that i can't talk about right now but they're all very famous comedians Ooh. Is this one, did I see correctly that this one is based around the bubble? Yes, yeah, so it is, it, this is, it, it is um, a story about my character going into the NBA's um, coronavirus bubble in uh, I'm Walt fascinated by the bubble. I am too. I, I'm, I'm fascinated I, by and it. I, There's I, multiple I, bubbles. And I, I don't know much about it, but also I just realized that in my head I've been picturing a literal bubble dome. And that's <laughs> obviously not the case. Well, in, in this... Um, <laughs> In this fictional version of it, it is actually a, a okay. A I love dome. that. <laughs> uh, it's I actually also, it's actually kind of based on the movie Biodome. It is actually. Um, <laughs> I like literally just realized that that's what I've been picturing it there's as, an, and I'm there's a, so there's embarrassed. There's an artificial intelligence computer that runs everything, and it's very <laughs> scary. Um, yes, I, I did see that tweet. I liked that tweet that that one girl was like. I already got invited into the bubble. The NBA, the NBA season is going to be like over before it starts. Oh my God. I just hope yeah. that no one gets very critically sick during this season. Otherwise I'm going to have to cancel my own podcast. True. It's not yeah, going to be funny I mean, if someone gets actually sick. So please. It's true. For the sake <laughs> of my career. And, and that will be the biggest problem yeah, with for it. For the is. sake of my career in comedy, please don't get sick. I mean, the podcast sounds very fun. Thank you. You should listen yes. to it. 
Yeah. Um, and I just, what I would like to promote right now is just that, um, just so you guys know, uh, in the middle of the podcast, my mom texted me. Uh, I didn't respond because we're recording the podcast and I did just get a text from her that says, fine, don't answer me. Oh, so just so you no. guys know. And when I text her back, she'll go, I was just kidding. And I'll say, no, you weren't. Um, so just a quick behind the scenes. Also, my mom listens to the podcast. Hi, mom. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Paige's mom. <laughs> so Everyone just... respond to Paige's mom. Paige's... I don't know. I was busy. Can I just really quickly record a message to Paige's mom? Please. Great. So, hi, uh, Paige's mom. This is Dave. And uh, I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode. Um, hopefully, you do subscribe to my show as well. You've raised a lovely daughter. Uh, she seems like a very kind, uh, warm-hearted person who's brought me not into her life, but at least into her... Um, internet um world and her podcast <laughs> and uh you know not everybody is that welcoming and friendly and kind so great job um please continue uh, harassing your daughter uh, via text message <laughs> she seems to appreciate um the constant attention um and the, the passive aggressive shaming so you know, don't stop doing that that is why she is the woman that she is today thank you <laughs> She's going to love that. (laughs) I know a lot about moms, okay? I'm a very good... I'm good with moms. (laughs) I won't let my mom listen to the podcast. I am a bitch. (laughs) I'm a bitch. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) I guess that's the end of the episode. Yeah, Um, we'll meet next week in England, I guess. (laughs) Yes. I was going to say next year in Jerusalem, but that's for Passover. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to personally go to England and get myself a bum bag. That's my plan. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um okay. Bye. Bye.